This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. And so in honor of starting with something new, in in honor of having a, a new series called Brand New, I thought that we'd start off by talking about the end. And so I'm going to start off this morning reading a passage out of Revelation chapter 21. And, and Revelation is a book about the end of times. Revelation is a book about the end of days and it's God's design and God telling us in a way how he's going to bring this whole thing to a halt, how he's going to kind of end the world, his design for this. Let me read this Revelation as we start with something new, a new beginning. Let me talk about the end. Revelation 21, 4 through 5. It says, and he will, talking about God, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will no longer exist. Sounds pretty awesome so far. Grief, crying, and pain will exist no longer because the previous things have passed away and then the one seating on the throne, talking about God, then the one seated on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. He also said, right, talking to the person seeing these visions, right, because these words are faithful and true. The one seated on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? You see, one of God's plans from the beginning was in the end to make everything new again. How many of us in here like new things? We got some new stuff for Christmas, didn't we? We like new stuff. We like the new cars. Anybody get a new car for Christmas? No? My son got some toy cars. We like new cars. We like new cell phones. We like the new house. We like the new big bank account, right? We like, we like new things. And what I would say, what I would propose to you is that I think God likes new things too. And I think one of the problems that we often have when it comes to our faith is that we don't really think about our faith or think about our relationship with God or our lives with God in terms of the new or being made new or being made brand new. Oftentimes when we approach our relationship with God or we come to church, it's not so much with the idea of being made new, but it's more with the idea, kind of like New Year's resolutions, more with the idea of just self-improvement. So not really making it new, but making it a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not going to start from the beginning. We're just trying to make things a little bit better. And so we go to church, we get into a relationship with, uh, with God with this concept that here, I'm going to make some adjustments here. I'm going to make some improvements here, and it's going to make things a little bit better. So I'm going to go to church, and it's going to help make my, my marriage better. I'm just going to make my uh, finances better. I'm going to bring my kids to church, give them a little Jesus, and make them act a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? Can I get an amen or a what, what on that one, right? And what happens is we're kind of resigned to the fact, I think if we were honest, if we looked deep inside, we're kind of resigned to the fact that we can't really make anything brand new, but maybe if we knuckle down hard enough, maybe if we try hard enough, we can make it a little bit better. Right? So what's broken is always going to stay broken, but maybe we can try hard enough and make it a little bit better, even if it's still broken. And so we make New Year's resolutions. We're hoping that's going to fix everything. That's going to improve everything or make things a little bit better. But the problem with New Year's resolutions, and I don't want to discourage you because I'm still going to make some, all right? But 80% of them 
fail by Valentine's. You encouraged that? And eventually what happens, right, it doesn't work because instead of making it new, we're just trying to improve the system a little bit. We're trying to slap lipstick on that pig, which is just a weird way of doing things, right? And so what happens is eventually, if you haven't yet, you're going to quit doing New Year's resolutions altogether. You're going to quit trying to make things uh, better or improve because you just give up and you think it'll, it'll never happen. And so maybe like three years ago, you start off and you're like, you know what? My New Year's resolution is I'm going to work out five days a week. Anybody going with that one yet? I'm going to work out five days a week. And then guess what? You don't. That's why, do you know that, you know, gyms make all their money in January, right? They, they, <laughs> they do. And so that you go, I'm going to make five days a week. You don't. So next year, year two, you go, all right, I'm going to work out three days a week. Let's go with three. That's better than five. And then what happens? You don't. And so the third year you go, I'm going to drive past the gym once a week, <laughs> right? Or you go, all right, this year I'm going to read 10 books, 10 books this year, and, and then you don't. And so the next year, like, I'm going to read a book this year. And then you don't. And then year three, you go, I'm going to purchase a book, put it on my bookshelf so people think I'm smart. That's what I do. I have a big office, has tons of books. I haven't read any of them, but it looks like I'm really smart. He knows Hebrew? I don't. <laughs> or maybe this one. This is my own personal story. This year, we're going to pay off, how many of our Dave, Dave Ramsey graduates in here? I'm going to pay off all of my debt in year two. I'm going to pay off one of my student loans year three. I'm getting out of the country so that the bank can't find me. <laughs> Natalie, that's the real reason she's moving to Uganda. <laughs> but why does this happen? It's because... We're not really thinking that we're going to make things brand new. We're not really starting it over. We're just trying to improve on something that's broken without actually fixing the issue. So here's what happens a lot of, a lot of times. You want, to, you want to eat healthy, right? We all want to eat healthy. I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to get the kale and the I, I vegetables, you know, get the other things, right? And you think, I'm going to eat healthy this year. But you don't deal with the reason that the reason why you eat unhealthy is because it's a place you go to when you get stressed or you get frustrated or your world's spin out of control. It's a place you go for comfort. And so what happens is you go, I'm going to eat healthy this year. I'm going to go great. But what happens is you actually have a bad relationship with food. And so as soon as that stressor comes or you get in a fight with your boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse or the kids are acting crazy, you're sitting there with that gallon of ice cream. You know what I'm talking about? And so what happens is we, we come in with this new habit thinking I'm going to slap lipstick on this pig, but we don't actually fix what's broken. We don't actually think what's broken can be made new, can be healed, that God can make it brand new and fix it and transform it. But maybe if I just knuckle down, right? And so we don't actually deal with the core issue. And what happens is when that stressor comes back or whatever that trigger is or whatever comes back, we just go right back to it, right? Because we're just trying to improve on what's broken, broken because we've lived life long enough to be conditioned to think that things can't be made new again. And I think that's, hmm, what word can I use here and get away with it? Baloney, that's a good one. I think that's baloney. I, I think that's a lie. I think that's something that I think that's something that the devil who is our enemy sells us 
to make us think that we can't be made new again. To make us think that what's broken has to always stay broken. What's scarred has to always stay scarred. And that we don't have a God who's powerful enough to fix it. And I think that's a lie. Because I think that we can be made new again. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that's if anyone becomes a Christian, when you become a Christian, if anyone is in Christ, he is a, what does that say there? New creation. Old things have passed away. They gone. Old things have passed away and new things have come. What does it say there? If, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, then he goes to church. Does it say that one? It's in there. It's there. Don't worry. If anyone is in Christ, he gets a lot of money. No? If anyone is in Christ, they start. If anyone is in Christ, he is or she is becomes a new person. The old has passed away and new things are coming. See, the thing about Christianity, the thing about our relationship with God, living in a relationship with God is that it's not about, hear me, it's not about improving on, improving on something that's broken. It's not about slapping lipstick on it and trying to make it a little bit better. It's not about improving on the old system that you were before. It's about becoming new by Jesus. And so this series, we're calling it brand new because it's, it's not about having a successful New Year's resolution. It's not about improving your life. What I want to talk to you about over these next four weeks is about being transformed on the outside and maybe having some successful New Year's resolutions, being transformed on the outside because we are being transformed on the inside change things or change what happens on the outside because God is changing us on the inside. In essence, you want to eat healthy, let's deal with the relationship with food. You know what I'm saying? And so in this series, I want to challenge you because in this series, you can choose to try to do something different this year and knuckle down and try to do something different or, and revert back in a couple of weeks, or you can be made someone different. I want to challenge you to try to, you can try to improve the old person. You can try to improve the old you, or you can become a new you through the power of Jesus Christ. The Christian experience is to experience real, lasting, powerful, impacting, life-transforming change through our God and Savior, Jesus. And so the, the premise of this entire series is that if you want 2019 to be your best year ever, you've got to make it your best year ever spiritually. If you want this to be your best year, if you want your life to be changed this year, if you want to be new and improved or whatever, I want to challenge you to focus on the core. I, I want to challenge you to focus on the soul. And so you want to make it your best year ever. Let's make it your best year spiritually. Let's focus on what truly matters on the inside and then see what God does on the outside. 
And you say, well, how, does, how do we do that? How can we get into this? Well, before, before Jesus came, we just celebrated Christmas and the coming of our Savior to earth. Before Jesus came to earth, they used to have to do this thing called the, the, it was the Old Testament covenant system. And what they would have to do is because they were sinful, because uh, they, they were sinning and, and really just doing things against God, they were enemies of God, uh, Jews in the Old Testament or Hebrews would sacrifice animals and that blood kind of covered over their sin. It didn't heal them of their sin. It didn't forgive them of their sin. It didn't really fix anything. It literally was like slapping lipstick on a pig, what you keep saying, in order to keep God from killing everybody because of their sin. And so what they would do is it kind of helped them have forgiveness or appease the wrath of God, but it didn't fix anything. Jesus had to come and die on the cross so that it could fix that, so that we could actually be forgiven and healed of our sin. And so that was kind of the system that was in place. But then Jesus comes, Jesus dies on the cross for us. And for the first time, we can actually be made new. And in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, the writer of Hebrews talks about this a little bit. He says in verse 15, he says, the Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. For after he says, this is the covenant that I will make with them. So this is God talking about the new covenant. So not the old way of doing things where we're sacrificing pigs to appease God, but the new covenant, the new way that we're gonna do this, the new way that God is gonna make us new. He says, I will make a covenant with them after those days, said the Lord, and I will, this is God talking about what he's gonna do to you. It's pretty cool. This is God saying, I'm gonna do this for you in your life. He says, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. And he adds, and I will never again remember their sins or their lawless acts. Praise God. Can I get an amen? I will never again remember their sins and their lawless acts. Now where there is forgiveness of these, there will no longer be an offering for sin. So God sends Jesus and in this new covenant, he promises that by his actions, the results of the cross is that there's not A, B, C, and D that you have to do. There's not this, these rituals you have to do. There's no more sacrifices we have to do on the outside to appease without actually fixing the inside. And Jesus says here, God says, I will put my word on your hearts. And verse 17 essentially is saying, and I will cleanse them and I will make them new. He's putting away the past. He's putting away the past. And he's saying, I'm coming to make you knew. And then Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 says this, therefore, so therefore is our response. Like we, we learned this in Bible college, it's kind of cheesy, but it, I think it's hilarious. When any, anytime in scripture you read, therefore you ask the question, what's it? You get that? Anytime you see therefore, you ask what's it there for? Bible humor not working on you guys today? All right. So he says, therefore, essentially in response to this, because God says, I'm going to make you new. I'm going to put my laws in your hearts. I'm going to forgive your sins. I'm going to put all the past away. Therefore, our response to that. So how we as Christians respond to what God is doing in us and and to get him to continue kind of to not continue, but to make this flourish in our hearts. The way that we can respond to that is therefore, brothers, since we have boldness to enter into the sanctuary, that means because we can become come boldly to God now. We can be in his presence when before we couldn't because of our sin. We can have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus by a new living way. He has opened for us through the curtain that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, so because God has done all these things in our lives, therefore let us draw near with a heart full of assurance of faith. 
our heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. So now we're, we're free from an evil conscience. We're free from that. And our bodies are washed pure. We're pure. We're free now. And let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works, not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other all the more as you see the day draw near. So that was a lot of words, but essentially he's saying, here's all these things that God is doing in you. He's promising to make you new. He's, he's promising to transform you. He's putting away your sin. And so he says, therefore, here's some things that you can do. And, and I'm going to call these the three lettuces today. The three lettuces. Let us, if you want to discover this, if you want to walk in this, if you want to get there, here's the three things that he just told us to do. I'm going to make it really simple. Number one, he said, let us draw near to God. Number two, let us hold on to the promises of God. And number three, let us not give up meeting together, encouraging one another and building one another up. And so I'm going to give these to you again, and I'm actually going to give it to you more in a form of a question that I want you to challenge yourself with and ask yourself really consistently. And I, and I want you to kind of, I want to challenge you today to, to consider these in your heart, to chase them this year. And, and I believe that if we chase these three things, if we respond to what God is promising to do in us with these three things, I believe you will begin to see real change in your life, that you'll begin to see truly being made new on the outside. And, and what God is doing on the inside, you will see the effects of it on the outside in your life. Okay. And I think that this is important that we do these because we have to remember that we are not a physical being having a spiritual experience, but we are a spiritual being having a temporary physical experience here on earth. And so therefore we need to chase after the spiritual first. So I want, I want you to set in your hearts to do these things. So I'm going to give you three questions. I want you, if you take notes, I want you to write down these three questions. And I want to challenge you to revisit these three questions every single week for 52 weeks. Can we do that? 52, that's a lot, right? But I think that if we put these things down, if you write these things down and you revisit these goals, it'll help you stay focused on what you want your life to be, right? You wanna be made brand new. You, if you wanna make this a goal in your life, write these things down, go back to them. You need to be reminded of your goals every single, well, not every day, but most days, uh, I have this journal that I write down my goals in twice a day. Does that seem like a lot? Yeah, I do it twice a day. So when I begin my work day, I write down my goals, not my goals for the day, who I want to be, who I want this church to be, who I want my family to be. I write down those goals. And then at the end of the day, after I finish my work day, I go and I write those goals down again. Sounds extreme, right? Sounds weird, right? But here's what it does. Whenever I am, uh, I'm done with my work day, I'm tired. What, what I want to do, honestly, if I can just be honest, I just want to go lay on the couch and eat potato chips, okay? But when I'm writing down, I want to be, one of my goals in my life is I want to be an amazing dad, right? Not a good dad, not an okay dad. I want to be an amazing dad. I want to be an example for my son to look at and be like, I want to be a dad like that, right? And whenever I'm tired, I'm done with the work day, and I just want to lay on the, the couch and read or eat potato chips and play video games, Yes, I play video games, FIFA, what, what, right? I'm writing that down 
And I look at that and I go, this is who I want to be. This is who I want to be. And because that's reminded who I want to be, because that goal is in front of me, I go home or I come out of the office and I tackle my son. (laughs) And we play and we have a great time. And then when he goes to sleep, I play FIFA. And so I want to encourage you, all that to say, write these down and don't just write them down, but come back to them, revisit them. Because if you want to be made brand new, if you want God to do this in your life, you need to constantly remind yourself of the goals, what it's going to take to get there. All right. Are you ready for the questions? All right. Here's how we get there. Here's the first question based on what Hebrews just told us. Am I worshiping God intimately? He says, therefore, because of what God is doing in our lives, we need to draw near to God. Well, one of the best ways that we draw near to God is to worship him intimately. Because here's the thing is that God wants worshipers. He, 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 I know some of us in here and, and myself at times in my life will say, yeah, he's my God. He's great. He's, I love him. He's, but, but, but he's not necessarily somebody that I worship intimately. But like, yes, he's my God. And maybe I'm a little afraid of him, but he's not really, I, we don't have this intimate relationship. And here's the thing is that God wants you. This is, I know this sounds maybe weird, but God wants you to be crazy about him. God wants you to be excited about him. God wants you to see who he is. Like that song we sang where it says, show me who you are. God wants to show you who he is and you be like, that's amazing, right? There's a, there's a, a, a verse in John chapter four where it says, <clears throat> true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth, right? Spirit and truth. And what's interesting is that that word worship there, it, it, the, the Greek or whatever, it, the design is of it, the idea of it is worshiping in the sense of a kiss. Does that sound weird? Am I getting a little sexual? No, 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 it's not like that. It's not, it's not, a, it's not actually the intimate kiss like the kiss of lovers. It's like this. Anybody have uh, ever had a long work day? Anybody got hard workers in here? Have a long work day, you're tired, you want to come home, you come home, you open the door, and you see your dog. And what's that dog do? His tail's wagging, he's so excited to see you, he runs, he knocks you down, because he, well, my dog's little, he can't, but other dogs, runs up, he knocks you down, and what's he doing? He's licking you all over the face, licking your, and you're like, get off me, get off me, but you're just, you're just excited, because he's excited, right? God's saying, I want worshipers like that. That's the idea there in the Greek. I, that, we, that we are worshipers like that puppy. When we see our God, we're excited. We can't wait to see him. We're, so, we're just like excited he's here, man. We're just blessed he's here. We're just blessed that we have a God who shows up and we get to see him, right? And so he's saying, we want worshipers like that. Who God, God says, I want worshipers like that who are excited about me, who are in love with me, who know who I am and can't wait to just jump on me and hug me. That's, who our, that's what he's saying. He's, he's not saying, I'm looking for another church attender. He's saying, I want worshipers who are in love with me, who are not just in love with me, but who are excited about me. So I want to challenge you, 2019, become a worshiper. Become a worshiper, right? And yeah, that's, that's in every area of your life. That's worshiping him for all the blessings that he gives you, right? 
Like every way he, he blesses you and is kind to you and good to you, not just in this space, but in your home, worship him, thank him, be grateful. But then come in here and don't be afraid to let loose, man. Let's worship him, right? Right? Like it's okay to do this, right? Like any of you guys ever remember the first time you raised your hand in church? I do. I do because I went to, I grew up in like a pretty conservative, like worship style church. And so I remember going to church camp for the first time and seeing like people, I know, I, I know church camp nerd, whatever. Okay, get off it. Right. So going to church camp and seeing like people excited and worshiping. I was like, man, this is different. This is interesting. And so like my church, my home church worships good. It was great, but there's like no hand raising. Nobody's getting crazy, right? And so I remember being like, I want that to continue. Like that feeling, that worship that I experienced, I want that to continue. So I made it, I was like in sixth or seventh grade and I was like, I'm coming home (coughs) and I'm going to raise my hand in church. And so I'm, you, you're laughing, but it was like a real thing. So I remember coming home and being like, all right, I'm going to raise my hand. So I'm going to church. I'm like sweating, you know. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to raise my hand. And there's this song that we would sing called Victory in Jesus. You know that one? And so the worship leader at the church, if you know Andy Neighbors, he's the keys player right over here. His dad is the worship leader at the church I grew up in. And so on Victory in Jesus, every time he, on the last course, he'd always go, sing, church. You know what I'm talking about? And so we go, oh, victory, sing church. Like, yeah, victory in Jesus. And so I remember I was waiting, waiting, sing church. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> and nothing bad happened. <laughs> it was awesome. And so, you know, don't be sorry. Let's worship the Lord, man. Let's raise our hand. Like, it's okay. You can come here and you can do these right here. Nobody can see it, right? And then one day you graduate to this one. You know what they call this? Carrying the TV, right? You know that? You heard that? Carrying the TV. And then, oh, getting the teacher's attention right here. Okay, all right. And then if you just want to get crazy, Touchdown, right? Here we go. All right, all in, right? (laughs) All that to say, man, I feel like we just took a long trail. All that to say is God wants worshipers. God wants worshipers who are excited about him, who are in love with him. So in 2019, I want to challenge you to become a worshiper. Because listen, we're not some beat up, sad, pitied uh, Christians, right? Our lives are good, man. Our God has been good to us. And we are, regardless of what happens in this life, we're victorious because our God has conquered death, hell, and the grave. And so we got a lot to worship about. We got a lot to get excited about. We got a lot to praise Jesus about. So let's get crazy in here. Somebody take a lap. It's okay. I won't get upset. You might get tripped, but watch out for the wires. So the first question I want you to ask yourself is, am I worshiping intimately? You want to draw near to God, worship him, and he'll draw near to you. Second question I want to ask you, you to ask yourself is, am I feeding daily? Am I feeding daily? Look, you got to eat, man. You got to eat. If you don't eat, if you, you ever seen those Snickers commercials? That is me if I don't eat, okay? All right, you got to eat. What happens if you don't eat? You dry up, you get irritable, you say things you don't mean, and then eventually you die, right? It's the same thing spiritually. If we don't eat, it's going to affect you. If you don't feed spiritually, you're going to dry up. You're going to become weak. You're going to become frail. Your relationship with God is going to become frail, and eventually you're going to die. And so what I want you to ask yourself when I say, am I feeding daily, is God's word a part of my daily life? This summer, we introduced you to the Bible app. It's literally called the Bible app. That's the simplest thing you can ever remember. The Bible, and it's an 
app. The Bible app. It has so many great tools that you can use. It has so many. So I want to challenge you. Download that thing on your phone. It has so many like devotions you can do. One that's awesome that you could do, since, especially since we're about to start a brand new year, is it has something in there called the One Year Bible. And so you can download the one. How awesome would it be if in 2019 you read through the whole Bible? How cool would that be? right? Maybe for the first time, right? For the first time ever read through the whole Bible, right? So I want to challenge you, am I feeding daily? Because here's the thing about the Bible is that the Bible is not a normal book. The Bible is alive. The Bible is the inspired word of God. It is a sacred and a holy text. And you know what it does? It transforms you. Like you read that joker, you get into that, that thing and it does surgery on your heart and it changes you and it makes you new in ways that you didn't realize you could be made new, right? And so I want to challenge you to ask yourself, am I feeding daily? And you're like, Mike, what if I can't you know, read the Bible? Like it's hard to get. Well, look at those apps. Find, find devotionals that you can do that can help explain what you're reading to you. Another great tool that we have is called, something called podcasts, Right? Like, man, podcasts are awesome. We can, there's so many great Bible teachers on podcasts, so many great preachers you can pull up and listen to. And we all have this thing, except for me, I work from home because, which is awesome. But we all have this thing called a daily commute. And during that daily commute, you can throw on a podcast, you can throw on some worship music. And while, while you're riding to work, you can prime yourself with the word of God and keep God's word in your life daily. Am I feeding daily? You want to be made new? Eat eat. And the last one I'm going to give you this morning before I shut up. So number one, am I worshiping intimately? Two, am I feeding daily? Number three, am I connecting regularly? He said we need to not give up the meeting together. And he also said we need to spur one another on and encourage one another. And there's three ways that God uses people in our lives to do that. Right? There's three ways that God uses people in our lives to help us and to transform us and change us and make us brand new. There's, there's more than three, but here's three I'm going to give you. The first one is you need to be connecting regularly with someone in your life that you look at and think, I want my life to be like that. You look at, I, I want my marriage to be like that. I want my kids to be like that. I want my finances to be like that. I want my relationship with God to be like that. Someone that you can look at and say, I want to be like that. And that's someone that's called mentoring or discipleship. That's someone that you can look up to that can disciple you and help you in your relationship with God. That's one way we connect. Another way that we connect regularly with people that God uses to transform us is through community groups. It's, it's a group of people that you're walking through life with, a group of people who are around the same place as you um, or who can give you some advice or help you when you're struggling with stuff you can be open and honest with, that you can open up to. These, these are people in your life that are become your backbone, people that become uh, really someone that you can depend on. And so we have community groups at the church. You need to be connecting in community groups so that you have people to walk with through life. And so in February, in a couple of weeks, when we reopen our community group season, jump in there. You need to be connecting regularly. And the third way, the third group of people that I would say God uses is the public gathering of worship together. Where we come in this space together and we worship corporately as a church family. So you got discipleship, you got community groups that God uses, and then you've got the corporate gathering of worship where we all come together as one body. And there's just, there's nothing like the church gathering together and worshiping God, is there? 
Like there's nothing like just getting together, getting under some good worship, just letting loose and just worshiping God, hopefully getting some good teaching and preaching together, right? You know what I'm saying? And coming to this place as one family, as one church, as one body, being encouraged, being spurred on, being equipped to go and live the Christian life. You need to be connecting regularly. Connecting regularly. So number one, question number one, am I worshiping intimately? Number two, am I feeding daily? Number three, am I connecting regularly? I want to challenge you as we start off this brand new series. If you want to be made brand new, commit to those three things. Connect those. You say, I don't have anybody to disciple me. Man, fill out a a communication card and write on there, I want somebody to disciple me and I will, I'll try. I'll hook you up. Okay? We'll connect you with somebody. If it's not me, like, I don't want to be like you, right? We'll find somebody, okay? No excuses. We got to take responsibility for this, okay? So if you want to be made brand new this year, I want to challenge you. Commit yourself to those three things. Revisit them regularly. Give it a year and see if God doesn't change you. See if God doesn't make you brand new. If, if you commit to those three things and you come back this time next year, like, it didn't work, I will go to a new church with you, <laughs> Because it's not working here, right? Commit to those three things and see if God doesn't change you. I bet you'll hit 2020 saying, man, I'm a new person. And maybe you haven't gotten everywhere you want to go. Maybe everything's not perfect. It probably never will be. But I would bet that God does some work in your life. I would bet that you would say, yeah, there's some things in my life that I didn't think would be brand new. But look at that. Look what God did. And then you have even more reason to worship him. And you have a really cool story to tell. And what I would say as we finish up is the biggest thing of all is that you can't have any of these things we're talking about if you haven't in the very first place connected with the one who makes all things new to begin with. You can't have any of this if you don't have a relationship with God to begin with. And so I want to challenge you, if that's you today, and you say, man, I, I want that, but I don't even really know God. Make today the day that you give your life to God. Make today the day that you become Christian. Because God is, loves you. He is waiting on you. He is ready for you. You want to start the year off right. Give your life to God. So if you want this 2019 to be your best year ever, make it your best year spiritually. Let God transform you from the inside out. Stop putting lipstick on a pig. Stop banging your head against the wall trying to just improve and knuckle down and get better, but instead be made new. Amen? All right. I want to challenge you guys. Let's stand up with me, and we're going to worship. And I'm going to do something that I'm actually going to do something I, I don't do very often. And I'm not going to embarrass you, not going to call you out, but I want to challenge everybody here this morning. Just close your eyes for a second. Close your eyes. And if you're in here this morning, you've been saying, Mike, like that is nailing it with me, man. That is, that's true. I want to be made brand new this year. I want God to do this in my life. I want to be made new this year. I want want to just challenge you this morning. Just raise your hand. I'm not going to call you up the front. I'm not going to make you come downstairs. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. What I want to challenge you to do, if that's you, some of you guys that raised your hands up this morning, I, I want to challenge you to, while we're singing this song, we're about to worship God, we're about to sing the song, I want you to grab that communication card and I want you to just write that down. I want to be made new this year and I want you to write down how we can help you maybe as a church family, what we can do for you to help you be 
made new because we, we want to come alongside you. We want to be there with you. How, how can we help you or maybe what it is that you want God to do in your life to make you brand new, all right? So this morning, you can, let's do that together. Let's be made new together. Everybody, let's open our eyes and let's worship together. Let's worship our God together because he makes all things new. Amen.